In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory we continue our celebration of the feast of the presentation of our Lord in the temple. And we behold him in the icon as a little child, as a sacrifice from the Theotokos to the complete dedication of his work in the temple, as he will later say in the gospel that he is to be about the business of his father in his own father's house. And then we have today's gospel reading, and it's quite a juxtaposition. It's quite a contrast. The child, quiet, peaceful. He probably did cry every once in a while. He was a child, but... Who doesn't love a baby? Now we have our Lord grown up. We have our Lord ignoring and even calling a woman a little dog. It's a very different picture of Jesus that we have from the feast and then to this gospel reading. What's going on? Let's delve into the text a little bit and see what it is that we can learn about God. We've learned a lot from this feast that has just, that has just, that is in our midst. But now we can look at a different side, a different part of who God is. The woman cries out, Jesus is with his disciples. And I think they're getting used to this throughout the gospel They hear voices coming from left and right, people crying out. They've heard of Jesus. The woman cries out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. The gospel writer tells us that this woman is from Canaan. I want to ask a question to the children, actually. Do you all remember anything about Canaan from the Old Testament? Anything about Canaan? Canaanites? Maybe that helps. Yes? The Wall of Jericho. The Wall of Jericho. What about the Wall of Jericho? (laughs) (laughs) The Canaanite. They sure, they did knock it down. Who lived... Who lived in Jericho? Canaanites. Canaanites were in the promised land before Israel. As they were coming out of Egypt, they had the promise, the promised land, the promise that had been given to Abraham, that their land was theirs. And God says, okay, well, you all ended up in Egypt for a while, and now I'm bringing you back, and now we must uh, take back our land And God will bless them to be able to drive the Canaanites. Now, the Canaanites are, when we say pagan, Canaanite can probably put an underline for pagan here. Because the Canaanites, as many of those tribes, uh, peoples that were around Israel, um, let's just say when they sacrificed to God, they weren't sacrificing to the true God. And let's just Passover in silence, maybe, what they might have offered as a sacrifice to God. Let your imagination go a little bit and then draw it back in, okay? Canaanites were far outside the promise 
of Israel. They were bloody. They were violent. They were willing to sacrifice anything for the gods that they worshipped. And this woman is from Canaan. This is quite a feat that there's a woman from Canaan since Israel had been settled. But as we know, Israel did not fully cleanse the land of the various uh, pagan tribes. But Canaanites were still around, or at least she's part of a long remnant. So when she comes and she cries out, O Lord, son of David, we have something quite impressive going on here. We have a Canaanite arch nemesis, the great enemies of Israel. The feeling was mutual. She's coming to the Messiah, to the son of David, because she's at the end of her rope. She has nowhere else to turn, and she has heard of what he can do. What does our Lord do? He doesn't say a word. His disciples, you know, I'm sure she didn't just say it once and they just kept walking along. She cries out. She's crying out. His disciples come and urge him saying, she is getting annoying. Send her away for she cries out after us. And Jesus says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this lady is outside of Israel. She's a Canaanite woman. So he has not come to her. She, hearing this, she comes and she worships him. She's not deterred. He's not answered her. He's now even told her, you're not really who I'm here to serve. You're not a part of the mission. And she worships him. The word in Greek for worship, when we think of worship, we probably think of internal kind of giving glory to God. When we say worship in the Bible, this means she fell down before him. She went prostrate before him. And she said, Lord, help me. You would think Jesus would be struck as he is in other portions or other stories about him from the gospel that he struck with compassion that he wants to embrace or respond with all the ways maybe questions but now he responds and he says it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs he hasn't answered her he's told her you aren't really a part of why I'm here and now He's even offended her. And she says, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Who is this Jesus? He is a little bit different from the child that we're used to from Christmas and maybe from the presentation of our Lord in the temple. Common manners, kindness, all the things that we typically know about our Lord. They're not on display here. Why is this? I want us to 
get a little deeper and thinking about what it is for Christ to be our teacher. For Christ puts before us in our life many obstacles, boundaries, maybe high walls, friendships, enemies, relationships, broken relationships, all sorts of things, maybe even, you know, snow, all sorts of things that can become obstacles for what we want or what we think that we want. He may even offend us. He may even tell us something that we don't want to hear. He may even tell us something that we aren't expecting from him because we think that he's supposed to be something else. So if we were the woman, would we have walked away if Jesus did not say a word? Would we have walked away if Jesus said, I wasn't really here to serve you? Would we have turned in disgust if he had said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs? What do we do when we encounter hardship, when we encounter obstacles, when we encounter walls instead of doors? I think most of our responses, at least if I can catalog my own experience here, it's usually pretty easy to just give up. Okay, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Got it. Walk away. Maybe the next, maybe I will complain. I'm going to go back home to all my fellow Canaanites and say, you know what? We were really right. Those Israelites, they're Messiah, not for us. Can you believe this? Maybe even complain about others about God. God, you know, doesn't hear me, won't attend to me. And then at the end, there's always the possibility of the temptation to curse God, to turn away from him, to say, why in the world would you set things up like this? The Canaanite woman is a perfect image of one who with great humility and with great attention to the lesson that our Lord puts before her, responds with true repentance. She hears what our Lord says and she says, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. It is incredibly hard for us to learn from the obstacles and challenges in our life and to accept even that God can put them there for us, not for the sake of belittling us, not for the sake of offending us, not for the sake that he doesn't love us, that he doesn't care for us, but because of the opposite, because he loves us, because he cares for us. Because we are his children, and we need to grow. And part of the basic steps of growth for us is being able to have complete and utter humility, complete and utter realization that we are nothing without God.
that we exist completely by grace and relationship to him. When we are confronted with hardship, with those high walls, with offense, with maybe even truths that hurt, that cut us to the core, with things we don't like or we wish to ignore, we should look to the Canaanite woman, a woman outside of Israel, a woman who loved her daughter so much that she was willing to put up with the little obstacles, silence, with the obstacle of being told maybe not, with the obstacle of even having a confrontation. She speaks the truth that we heard today from the letter of St. Paul to St. Timothy, where Paul writes, It is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. It is one thing to acknowledge intellectually, we're sinners, we're broken, yes, but to actually be able in the midst of conflict, in the midst of the waves of doubt, of hardship, to be able to say, I am the chief of sinners. I am worthy of love. I am worthy of Christ's attention. But I am the chief of sinners. The reason for all of this is because God wants to train us up to purify our love, to purify our desire. And he does this to show as, actually still from Paul to Timothy, that there is in all of this a pattern. For this reason I obtain mercy, this is Paul, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering, that Jesus Christ showed in the Canaanite woman long-suffering, that as a pattern to those who are to believe on him for everlasting life. Those who suffer, and suffer giving glory to God, suffer realizing that everything comes from him, and that we need to purify ourselves of the sin that so easily besets us. This is the pattern of the Canaanite woman. This is the pattern of Paul. This is the pattern of all of the saints that have gone on before us. Christ wants to teach us. It is merciful, but it is, and it is grace, but it's not cheap grace. It's a severe mercy. It is a mercy that calls us, that challenges us, that says, come, there's going to be obstacles. Life is hard. To love is incredibly hard. To follow me, you're going to have to push through so many obstacles. This was a lesson, I think, especially not, not just for the Canaanite woman. The Canaanite woman had already learned this lesson because her love and desire was intense. She was the perfect example for us. That's why Jesus, that he turns to her when she says this, and she says, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. This pattern of pushing forward no matter what the obstacle is to our Lord was given especially to the disciples the disciples who are with Jesus all the time aren't they the ones who at the first said 
Send her away. She's annoying. What in the world? She's actually from Canaan. She doesn't belong here. She was the pattern. She was the example. She was the one with great faith and desire. So brothers and sisters, let us look to the example of this Canaanite woman who, even though our Lord did not speak to her, told her, you're not really a part of what I'm doing, and even insulted her, he did all of this for a greater good, to draw out from her to show her as a pattern of faith for us, to purify her desire just as our desire for him should be purified daily in the fire of all of that we suffer, all that we experience as turmoil or obstacles. May God give us the grace to hold him in our arms as a child, but also to open our eyes and our minds and our hearts when he might have to rebuke us, when he might have to show us something through suffering. To him be glory, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.